Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, the Connections Pastor here at Northwood Baptist Church in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. You are listening to episode 137 of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast, and we are recording this on 2-22-22. Oh, it's that day, isn't it? Yeah, that, it's actually my sister's birthday. It's George Washington's birthday and all those things. But well, there you go. 2 that's kind of cool. My wife said, and I don't know if this is true or not, that she thought that today there would be a lot of people who choose to, to induce their babies just so they could have two 22-22 birthdays. Maybe so. That, that'd I be interesting. Have I have heard call that the hospitals to see how busy they are. I read today. about people wanting to get married this day too. So anyway, interesting, interesting. Yeah. Well, so there you go. As you listen to the podcast, get the word out, Facebook, Twitter, any, any way you're able to social media, text, phone calls, personal interaction, even you can t- actually talk to somebody about it. But anyway, there's a lot of people who really need to know how they can connect the biblical principles that we see in the Word of God to their everyday life, and we want to do that for you. And so we challenge you to not just listen today, but go back and listen to some of the podcasts that we have recorded over over the last few years. A lot to listen to. And we have people that are doing that, which is amazing to me. It's really cool. Um, One one of the uh, popular lines in every one of our vocabularies, Pastor, is this word, I doubt it. I doubt it. You know, and uh, when when do you say that? Whenever my sons talk. Exactly. <laughs> it's our way of saying no without having to say the word right, no. Right, you know, right. are we going to go to? No, no I, doubt I doubt it. it. I yeah. doubt it. You know, um, but we say that and it's kind of like we're sure that something's probably not going to happen yeah. in our lifetime sort of thing. But in our walk with Christ, we can also deal with doubts about our faith, you know, about following the will of God, about support from Christian friends. Mm. Sometimes we doubt that. And the sad thing is when we get to the point where we even doubt God. Mm. And, uh, you know, in my Christian walk, we've all been through those times, yeah. those moments. And, uh, you know, I always think, where in the world does that come from? Yeah. And then the next thing is, how do I deal with it? You That's know, right. I don't want to right. live in doubt. That's right. So uh, we're going to talk about that today. So let's get yeah, started. Yeah, we're going to talk about doubt and how you handle doubt because we have all had those times in our lives when we have doubted our faith, doubted the reality and existence of God, doubted what God would desire from us. I mean, that, this is, this is you know, a, a big deal. And we've been uh, working through Ephesians together on Sunday mornings, and a couple of things have popped up. One, you know, Paul's told the church at Ephesus, you are sealed with the Spirit of God. And that was assurance, mm-hmm. right? Don't right. doubt the reality that, that God will sustain you and keep you for all eternity. Mm-hmm. That's a good word. You are Amen. sealed by the Spirit. And then just we talked about this reality of spiritual dryness this past Sunday. And when you're spiritually dry, yeah, it kind of kind of leads to some seasons of doubt. Right? Oh, yeah. So just kind of yeah. thinking through that. So, so that's what we're going to talk about today. How do we handle that doubt? But as you're listening, you're listening to this week's episode and next week's episode. And then, Pops, you and I are out of here. Yeah. Well, there well, will still be episodes we'll have ready to go. But we're we're two episodes away from being in the Holy Land. I know. And we're going to... Should we say what we're going to We're going to try, try to do a podcast from the Holy Land if I can get my act together and see all this, how this technology will work over there. So that's our goal, Just to do so a you podcast know, from the Holy Land. I do have my, I have a microphone that goes with my phone. Yeah. And we can actually do Bluetooth that way. and We can make it happen. We're going to we do could. our best to make it happen. Yeah, we, we can do it. it it'd be, it'll, we might have to do a little bit post-production music we'll stuff. We'll figure it out. But we'll figure it out. It'll you, be interesting. you packed your bags yet? 
I got my bag. You got your bag. <laughs> I had old beat up things about to fall apart, so uh, yeah. uh, I did get my bag. But we're on we're crunch time. On you need to start packing like this week. Yeah, I know. We're we're figuring it all out. Kelly yeah. and I are sitting down saying, "What do I need? What do I not need?" You don't need to take too much. I'm not going. Oh, I'm gonna fill the suitcase. Fill the suitcase. And that's it. Take got, a book bag. I got a backpack. Done. Yep, that's, that's all it. you do. Yep. That's all you do. What are you most excited about? Uh, I empty tomb. I mean, empty I tomb. just empty tomb. And I think the Sea of Galilee is going to be really yeah, cool too. Yeah. And eating fish with heads on them. Yeah. You, you like Mediterranean food, don't you? Oh my heavens. You yes. don't eat a lot of it. You oh like hummus man. And oh, I love it. And uh, it doesn't all matter. That stuff. It does not matter. I look forward. Do, do, do y'all ever get the opportunity to eat street food, go on the street and just kind of. Yeah, we do some of that. I mean, we'll have a day in Jerusalem. You can go around Jerusalem and eat whatever you want. Now, I mean, what's interesting there is like, you know, a lot of. Um, international countries uh, or foreign countries, you know, you have the, those markets mm-hmm. where you're going you're gonna to see that that hog just lying there, that, that <laughs> yeah. cow just strung up. and Yeah, yeah. Very similar. Yeah, now, that's, well, I mean, that's interesting. I've been to Mexico multiple times and very similar to that. You know, yeah, I remember my first experience at a wet market in China. Ooh. That was wild. That oh, I, I've seen some things there that I, I never want to see again. Bats? If you know, if they can kill it, they eat it. Oh man! And I, I was Ooh. amazed. And they just take a table and, and just lay it out on a table. There's no refrigeration really or anything like that. They just take the the parts of the animal and lay it out on a table. And you can come pick up what you want, put it in a bag, and go on your way. Wow! I mean, wow. bats, dog. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was it was interesting. Swaziland wasn't that way. We didn't deal with a lot, a lot with meat. We we dealt a lot with porridges and drinks and they would, <laughs> they would get their drink and they would mix it in old coke bottles mm. and then they would make sure the flies didn't get in it <laughs> they'd lick a piece of paper and stick oh it on my top. goodness oh my goodness of course i, I never mean, i never had any but anyway. yeah i mean you know i mean uh, hey they're all alive and healthy and kicking so it, it yeah, must they, work for them i have their no immunity. idea i guess so. they built their I mean, immunity i, have I guess not. we would uh be wise for us to do anyway, that kind of stuff. I'm looking forward to doing some street yeah, we eating. we're going to get this podcast here. Okay, so, so we're talking about doubt today, and the reality is, is that we've all experienced those seasons of doubt, and, and, and the reality is if you're a follower of Jesus, the God of all creation who loves you does want to assure you that you do not have to doubt your faith in him, that he is more than able to sustain you. And so we do want to ask this question. In those times of doubt, how do we respond? What do we do in seasons of doubt uh, so that we might have that assurance of our salvation that God is certainly at work in mm-hmm. our lives? So we just want to talk about six ways that we need to uh, respond when we go through those seasons of doubt. When we doubt our faith, when we doubt the existence of God, Mm -hmm. what do we need to do? Six ways we can respond when we go through those seasons of doubt. Okay, well, let's jump right in with both feet. Uh, And uh, this is what we were saying earlier. Know that doubt is normal, number one. I mean, you're a human being, right? And as a human being, you got a brain that goes in a million different directions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, we've we've all let our mind wanders, not just in matters of faith, but you've been there, Pops, Mm -hmm. where you just... Your mind wanders and goes to all kinds of crazy places yeah, and has yeah. all kinds of crazy thoughts. And and certainly, you know, your mind has gone to those places where you've doubted your faith or even doubted the existence of God. You've yeah. had those experiences, haven't you? Uh, yes. Yes. I mean, it's not long period. I no, don't, no, you know, no. It's never that long period, but it's, it's, it's those 
It's what I call those uh, fiery darts where, boom, yeah. all of a sudden something will just hit you and you go, where did that come from? Yeah, you so know? I remember, and I think I've told this story on this podcast before, but when I was in college and I was at that um, that Christian university that was more liberal in nature, mm-hmm. and I had that Old Testament professor who told us the miracles of the Old Testament didn't really happen, mm-hmm. right? That Moses didn't really part the Red Sea, it was something else happened, or this didn't happen, or that didn't happen. And, and there, as a freshman in college, that did create in me, you know, kind of a season of doubt, mm-hmm. right? Could I, could I trust that the Bible was true, you know? And I was being told that it wasn't. And, you know, the lady who was teaching the class, she had a PhD in Old Testament, so she had to know what she was talking about, right? I mean, yeah. she didn't. But, at least, yeah, that's you know, what, at least yeah, we think that. She didn't. Um, but, you know, as a, you know, 18, 19-year-old kid, I was real impressionable. And mm-hmm. I really, I mean, I struggled with that. Now, thankfully, I was in a good church mm. that helped me to kind of get back on track. But, you know, I really didn't have a season where I, I wanted, because I had never heard this kind of stuff. You know, I never heard in church growing up that these things might not be true. And again, I had this PhD lady in front of me. Maybe she knew what she was talking about. And so, so I had that season of doubt. You know who else had a season of doubt? I do know, but you go ahead and tell us. Well, there's lots of people, but Billy Graham. I know. Do you remember that story? I, yeah, that's a great story. Yeah, actually. so Billy Graham, back in the 1940s, he had preached this big crusade and, mm-hmm. and it didn't go like he wanted to go. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe people didn't get saved like he thought was going to get saved or whatever the case may be. It's mm-hmm. to him, to him, it seemed like a flop. Yeah. And at the same time, he had this buddy who was also uh, an evangelist who had been in the same organization with him named Charles Templeton. Mm-hmm. You know that name, Charles Templeton? I've heard the name. Yep. Yes. So Charles Templeton, he got really academic and um, he began to uh, doubt the the truth of scripture. And he began to you know, say things like, you know, we, we can't believe this resurrection and all those kinds of things. Mm. And, and he was really influential in Billy Graham's life. And so Billy Graham, right? I mean, for, for us who are, you know, remember Billy Graham, I mean, you know, probably the greatest evangelist yeah. we, we've seen in our lifetime, right? And, oh, yeah. And, you know, outside of people like Paul and, I mean, maybe one of the greatest evangelists in history. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so he began to have a season of doubt, right? And, and, um, and so, as the story goes, he was by himself and just, he stopped by a rock and he was praying. I don't know why, why he stopped by a rock, but he stopped at this rock and he was praying. And, and he said in his prayer, and he, you can read this in his autobiography, which his autobiography is great. Mm. If you've never read Billy Graham's autobiography, you need to pick it up. I mean, uh, I, I think he wrote it. it back in the 80s yeah, or something yeah. like that. So, um, I mean, he had a lot of life left after his autobiography, but it's a powerful mm. read and just kind of get into his brain and what he was thinking and all that kind of stuff. But, but he said in his autobiography that he, he stopped by this rock and, and he prayed, Oh God, there are many things in this book talking about the Bible. I do not understand. There are many problems with it for which I have no solution. There are many seeming contradictions. There are some areas in it that do not correlate to modern science. I can't answer some of the philosophical and psychological questions. A Chuck, talking about Chuck Templeton and others are raising And then he prayed, Father, I'm going to accept this as thy word by faith. I'm going to allow Mm. faith to go beyond my intellectual questions and doubt, and I will believe this to be your inspired word. Mm -hmm. He had doubts. He had questions he couldn't answer. But but for him, on on that day, at that rock, he prayed and just kind of cemented in his mind, I don't have all the answers. I don't, you know, some things I just can't figure out, but I'm going to trust that this is your word. I'm going to trust that it is true. And that became a real turning point mm, in his life, yes. obviously, but also in his ministry. Mm-hmm. And so just, you know, that, that, that by faith, trusting that what God, what you say is true, you know? So even someone like Billy Graham mm-hmm. had his seasons of doubt. And so just know if you're going through seasons of doubt, doubting your faith, um, I mean, I, it's normal. 
Yeah. That some of the great ones, some yeah. of the great ones have doubted. Yeah. And I mean, you know, the, the opportunity we have then to, to work through those doubts, I think make our faith stronger. Yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. I think that's, that's a big part of it. All right. Well, know that doubt is normal. Number one, but number two, uh, put facts before your feelings. Now this is huge, right? Pops? Because, because th- this is what happens, you know, um, we, we, by God's design, this isn't a bad thing. It's just how, how God's made us. We are emotional people. Mm-hmm. We have all kinds of emotions, all kinds of feelings, and, and our feelings betray us often. And, and we've all had those experiences. We've had a bad day. We get up in the morning, whatever, and I just don't feel saved. Mm-hmm. I don't feel loved by God. <laughs> it's very, I, mean, I know yeah. you're a morning person, but mornings are, I always have that struggle. Am yeah. I really saved? <laughs> Every time I you get, get up, up in the morning, you're in a bad mood. The yeah. kids start fussing like, ah, it's all it's six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> all right, I got to deal with this. And so there are those moments that, that you just don't feel saved. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you, whatever, you're going through a hard time or whatever. I mean, that's reality. But, but, but truth is, I mean, your feelings don't determine who you are in Christ. Never do. Mm-mm. The work of Christ determines who you are in Christ, mm-hmm. right? And so just that reality that you've got to put the facts before your feelings. Just because you don't feel saved, it doesn't change if you're a follower of Jesus, the reality of your salvation, you see? Um, John, there's a great scripture in, in 1 John three nineteen and 20. The apostle John, he writes, and he says, this is how we will know that we belong to the truth. And listen to this, we'll reassure our hearts before him. Whenever our hearts condemn us, whenever our hearts condemn us, mm. because we have those moments, don't we, Trey? Yes, where we our do. hearts condemn us, where where we will say to ourselves things like, "There's no way God can love me," or "I just don't feel like I, you know, I belong to the family of God," or whatever our, the case may be. And you know, and the enemy is real good. Mm-hmm. The enemy is real good about speaking those lies into our minds and our hearts. You know, God can't love you. Look at you. Look at the mess you're in. Look at what you've done. There's no way. You look, can be saved. Look how long you've been out of church. Look how long you've been out of church. You know, right? with the pandemic, we have had we have people that are, and I know everybody listening to this know people that have never been back to church yeah, uh, since yeah. all this happened. Yeah. And you know, I want you to know, and I think Pastor Tommy wants you to know that God can work you through that too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is time. Yeah. It's time to come back. It's time to come back. Uh, You're loved by God. Loved by us. <laughs> Amen. And you know? but don't let the enemy defeat you by saying, "Well, I must not be a Christian. I've been out of church." Two yeah, years. absolutely, you know? absolutely. That's not the unpardonable sin. That, that's exactly. You just right. need to get back up and walk and on. So this is what John says. John says, "When our hearts condemn us, because they will do." Mm-hmm. Listen, let me read the verse again. Sure. This is how we will know that we belong to the truth, and will reassure our hearts before Him. Whenever our hearts condemn us. For God is greater than our hearts, Amen. and he knows all things. God is greater than your heart. He's greater than those, those feelings that you have and those the doubts that rise up. And, and John's just saying, he's saying this, this very thing, right? Facts before feelings. Facts before feelings. Mm. The fact is God loves you. The fact is, and this is what we talk about a lot, Trey, just, again, preaching the gospel to ourselves. I love that. Yeah. I've never heard that till you started saying yeah, that. Yeah, but that's and I've been truth, doing right? that a lot. But just every day reminding ourselves of the facts. Mm-hmm. The facts are you were dead in your trespasses and sins. The facts are you were on your way to hell. But the facts are Jesus Christ did come and live the life that you could not live, mm-hmm. died on the cross and rose again for you. The facts are you are his child based on your faith in Jesus Christ. The facts are you are his child based on you know his grace that he has richly given you. Those are the facts. And so just every day in those seasons of the doubts, reminding yourselves of the facts because the facts, right, the facts are, are far greater than your feelings. Mm-hmm. The facts are facts. Yes, they Your are. feelings are fickle. 
right? They're going to change. They're going to change every five minute seconds. Minute to minute. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But those facts, they remain true forever. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times in those seasons of doubt, it's just reminding ourselves that one, the doubt's normal, mm-hmm. right? Don't freak out when you start doubting. That, that's that's normal. But then, you know, just understanding too that, you know, facts, um, facts come before feelings. Amen. All right. Well, number three, uh, after we talk about the normal thing and we talk about putting these facts before our feelings, it, it is this. Take an inventory of how you've seen God work in your life. Yeah. Big one, I do it. Yeah, it's a great. big deal, right? Just yeah. remembering, hey, um, if, if you're a follower of Jesus, you have seen God at work. You've seen God grow you. You've seen mm. God use you. And just just reminding yourselves of those seasons in your journey with Jesus where you've seen significant spiritual growth. You know, it could have been, you know, those first few years you were a follower of Jesus and how you just had this hunger for the Word of God and you were growing in the Word of God. I mean, that, that was God working in you, mm-hmm. producing growth. Uh, that season where you were really involved in, in ministry and you were seeing God use you to bless others as you were serving in the church or serving in your community. I mean, that, that was God using mm-hmm. you. Uh, those times that you had the opportunity to share the gospel, maybe you led someone to faith in Christ. Yeah. I mean, that was God using you. That time you were on that international mission trip and, and you experienced God working through you, that was God using you. Using you, And so if you are a follower of Jesus, here's what you can do. If you're a follower of Jesus, you can always look back over the course of your relationship with Jesus and you can see how God has grown you mm-hmm. and you can see how God has used you. You might not see as much growth as you want to because we're, we're, we're all a work in progress. And for some of us, the, the growth is pretty slow. But if you're a follower of Jesus, I, I'm pretty positive that you've seen some growth yes, you. in your walk with Jesus. That's true. I mean, you think about the New Testament. The New Testament is really, you know, uh, clear that um, that our salvation is by faith alone through grace, right? Uh, so it's, 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 it's a work of God. We're going to talk about that this Sunday in Ephesians chapter 2. But the Bible is also very clear that while salvation is completely a work of God, mm-hmm. um, that salvation does produce stuff in us. It produces good works, right? Mm-hmm. Paul says that in Ephesians chapter two. We're going to look at that this Sunday. Um, you were you were saved for good works, mm-hmm. right? Good works do not earn you salvation, but good works are the result of salvation. James talks about this in, in his letter, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you show me your your faith, right? And I'll show you faith by my works, right? That, that God has done something in me that's producing works within me. So if you're a follower of Jesus, you can look back over the course of your life and and you can see some of that. You can see how God's grown you. You can see how God's used you. And just in seasons that out, it's good to remind yourself of, oh yeah, God has been using me in this way. Oh, mm-hmm. God did use me in that person's life. Oh, God did grow me in this area. Oh, I don't struggle with this sin like I used to struggle. That's evidence of spiritual growth, right? And so it's just good over the course of your Christian journey to look back and to see what God has done, and to give God praise for it. Having not grown up in a Christian home and being saved, not as a result of going to church with my parents or something like that, like my kids were, and like you were, um, I always go back to my moment of salvation Mm. because there was such a transformation, and I know that something happened. Something drastic happened in my life. And it just doesn't happen just because. That's right. You know, to see you pass from death to life and to experience that. That's a big one. And yeah. so I do challenge you, you know, to go back to that moment. You know, some of us don't always remember the exact moment because of being saved as a young child. But for those of us that saved a little later in life, go back to that moment and yeah. just say, well, yeah. look what Jesus did, yeah. you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Number four, surround yourself with people of faith. I like it. People of faith. Yes. Right. There's an interesting story in the Gospel of Mark. Now, the disciples of Jesus the apostles, they were people of faith, uh, but they were learning how to walk by faith and they messed things up quite a bit, right? Yes. And the disciples had their moments of doubt as well. I don't remember the story, Trey, but 
Jesus was on the mountain with James and Peter and John, the Mount of Transfiguration, which in a couple weeks you're going to get to go to the Mount of Transfiguration. I, know. Pops, it's be I pretty can't cool. believe it. Um, so they were on the Mount of Transfiguration. And while they were on the Mount of Transfiguration, the other disciples were down at the bottom of the mountain fighting with some religious leaders over a, a demon-possessed boy. Mm. Remember that story? Yeah, I do. And, and they're praying. They're doing all these th- kinds of things. Actually, they weren't praying. That's what Jesus told them to do. But they didn't do it. So back <laughs> yeah. up there. But, um, but they're trying to cast this demon out. They've cast out demons before, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they, they had done this. But this time they couldn't do it because Jesus is going to tell them they weren't praying. They weren't seeking the Father. Um, but so, so, so they come down. And this, this father who brings this demon-possessed boy to the disciples, he's just distressed. Right, because um, you know, he thought that his boy would have this demon, you know, delivered from him. Mm-hmm. But the disciples were unable to do it, and I can imagine that the religious leaders they were there making fun of the disciples. Ha ha ha! You can't do this. Those kind of things. And then Jesus comes to this father and says, "Do you believe? Mm-hmm. Do you believe? You remember what that father said? He said, I believe. Help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. Mm-hmm. Doubt. Yep, that's what it is. He had Jesus right before him. I believe." But I've got some doubt. Mm-hmm. Why did he have doubt, Trey? Because the disciples. Yeah. Those disciples that were around him that that didn't seek the Father, who weren't praying and weren't able to cast out that demon, those disciples put doubt in the heart. See, that, that, that Father came with hope, right? But those disciples took that hope and turned it to doubt. Mm. Help my unbelief. And so, you know, what, what that man did, I mean, he didn't know he was doing that, and the disciples didn't know what they were doing either. Uh, he put himself around people that were not uh, feeding his faith, but yeah. feeding his doubt. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so all, I say all that to say that that when you're in seasons of doubt, you need to be around people who will feed your faith, oh, not boy. feed your doubt. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And unfortunately, we will gravitate. Oh, we do. <laughs> which is so strange. And today it's even, I don't know if worse is the word, but it's certainly more pervasive when you can turn on your phone and get on YouTube and it can tell you all the reasons you should doubt. Yeah. Yeah. All the reasons you should not believe anymore. All the, you know, I mean, anything you you can be scrolling Facebook and that pops up in your feed. Amazing how that works. Right. Yeah. And so my suggestion to everyone is don't read it. Yeah. Yeah. Just, it doesn't matter. I mean, I don't even, I mean, I think as a pastor, I have a pretty strong faith. Yeah. But I'm not reading it. That's right. I'm just not that's doing right. it. I'm that's not right. subjecting myself that's to that. That's right. That's I just right. want to know what it says. Don't. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that's a good word, Trey. And just kind of thinking, you know, when you go through those seasons of doubt, think about who are the people that you know, followers of Jesus, that are strong in their Amen. faith. Amen. Amen. And why are they strong in their faith? Now, everybody goes through seasons of doubt. I get that. But you know people that are just, you know, exceptionally strong in their faith. Mm. Why is that? And putting yourself around them. Putting yourself around people that you know that God's worked in their lives, and and letting them, and that's the beauty of being a part of a church. You know, it's just is that there are those kind and of life that, connection and groups, life connection groups, and, and being, and being in community. That's the beauty yeah. of being in yeah. community. Is there are people who want to help you to walk through those seasons of doubt with your eyes on Jesus. And so, just, just when you go through those seasons of doubt, it's, it's surrounding yourself with people of faith mm-hmm. rather than more people of doubt. Mm-hmm. You exactly. surround yourself with people of doubt is going to lead you. To more doubt, mm-hmm. but you surround yourself with people of faith. It's going to help you to overcome that season of doubt and begin to grow in your uh, faith again. So you, sh- you start right? believing the lies. You absolutely, really do. absolutely. So be careful with that. Number five, and I think this is where we need to go head first, and that is practice the spiritual disciplines. Yeah. and that's why it's called discipline, <laughs> right? Because in the seasons of doubt, you don't want to open up the Bible. Exactly. You don't want to pray. You just want to, you know kind of get in that state of self-pity in your doubt, right? Mm-hmm. But but those seasons of doubt, that's, that's, you know, Billy Graham, 
And I think that was case in point example of, you know, in that season of doubt, what he did, go to the father. I don't understand all. I'm going to trust you by faith. Mm. And, and just having that kind of attitude when you are in the scripture, father, this is, this is, this is, you know, that season, I don't get all, I don't understand all, but I'm going to trust that you're going to speak to me through your words. I'm going to keep on disciplining myself every day to spend time in your presence. Uh, even in those times of spiritual dryness, spiritual doubt, knowing that that over time, as you continue to do those disciplines, God's going to work through that discipline, mm. right? And so, man, seasons of doubt are not the time to run from the scripture and to run from prayer. It's the time to run to the scripture and run to prayer. And that's what I've often told people. The times you need to pray and the times you need to read the word of God and the times you need to attend church. Yeah when you don't feel like it that's exactly right that's exactly <laughs> go back right. to the first thing uh the second thing we talked about yeah. facts, before, facts feelings. before feelings right and you know it, it, that is the opportunity that we have to move forward yeah, in our absolutely. faith to push through and let, let our faith be stronger absolutely number five and that is this number six i'm sorry you got right. count right trey well yeah i agree <laughs> <laughs> I went, it's okay you're old i'd like to tell you i didn't go to public school but i did but anyway <laughs> i did uh, too man it was great. number six it was i learned back a lot. in the olden days public school wasn't that bad yeah i agree now in these days it's questionable but anyway that's another topic number six, for another podcast repent of unconfessed sin because here's the reality trey mm. this can produce doubt in you it certainly can when you're walking in unconfessed sin rebelling against god surely you will have doubt right I mean, because, right. because, because it really Absolutely. is when you're walking in sin and disobedience to God, it, it is just, it is just difficult to see God's work in his grace mm. because you are choosing to ignore it no, in your rebellion right. against God, you see? And so, 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 you know, those seasons of doubt, if, if you are, are, you know, spiritually sensitive, even in those seasons of doubt, those seasons of doubt are great opportunities just to do an inventory of your own life. Are there areas of unconfessed, unconfessed sin in my life? that I need to repent of. And so just taking that season of doubt as a time to self-reflect, to ask God, okay, God, what is it? What is it in me uh, that is sinful before you? Lead me to repentance. And and so, yeah, just seasons of doubt are, are great. Because I, I, I think sometimes what leads us, now not all the time, but sometimes what leads us into seasons of doubt is that sin. Mm-hmm. And so just being mindful of that. It could be a sin problem um, that is causing you to have that doubt. I, uh, when I was freshman in college, I went to a Christian school. Uh, many of you know Liberty University, and um, my first semester, I played football, and I was just uh, I was star just, quarterback. No, not at all. <laughs> it, but I thought I was going into heaven. That mm. was my thought. Yeah. you know, I'm moving into heaven, and all Great football Christian players are going. They're yeah. going to be sharing the gospel, yeah. and people are going to be on their knees before God all the time. And I was just looking forward to that. It didn't happen. Yeah, and so I that first semester was a tough, tough semester for me. I bet. And uh, I fell away from the Lord, and all those things that started to happen. And as that happened, um, I just let the sin. I just ignored first John yeah, one nine yeah, in yeah. my life. I, sin started to pile up in my life. And I don't mean I was doing terrible things. It just, you know, sinful things. And, mm. uh, I doubted those are the, it was the worst time of doubt in my entire life. Mm, and mm. it was big. I think it was because I had turned away and, and refused mm. to confess yeah. my sins yeah. anymore. Yeah. You know, there you that go. was a big part there of it. There you go. Yeah. 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 For sure. For sure. So anyway, that's that's uh, that's my story of my doubt. You know, yeah. When you said, "Have you ever doubted?" I did, mm. and it was related to college as well, but on a different level. Right, right, so. right, right, right. Mm. 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 Well, yeah. When you have those seasons of sinfulness, 
recognize that could be what's producing mm-hmm. the doubt in your heart and just coming before God and um, asking him to forgive you those sins is really important. Amen. Well, Pastor, I think this has been a, how do I say this, very worthy mm. thing to look at. Uh, it is, this is reality. This reality. And uh, it's good to push through. And I, as I said at the beginning, I believe when you push through and yeah. you begin to do these things, your faith will strengthen and not weaken. Yeah, so. absolutely. absolutely. Well, Pastor, as we close, get us ready for next week as yeah. we look forward to what God's going to do there. We do hope this has been helpful for you today and been an encouragement to you. And if it has, go ahead, ahead and hit that subscribe button so you can have new content delivered to your device every single week. Uh, leave us a five-star review. That helps us to get word out about our podcast. And as always, we hope today's episode has helped you connect faith to life.